the Cut Red Handed podcast. My name is Jumebi. For each episode, we discuss a book written by an African author and how we relate to it. Join us for this exciting episode as we shine the light on another African writer. This episode was recorded over Zoom. Hi guys, welcome to the Cut Red Handed podcast. This is season four and we're so excited to have started this new journey and it's just... I look forward to what the future holds and it's just really exciting. So today, before we discuss our week, we're going to be talking about an, a different type of book. And it's a book called A Bigger Picture by Vanessa Nakate. So before we go into that, let's talk about our week. How have you guys been? <sighs> week or month? month i guess yeah okay Mm -hmm. i've been good thank god i just started a program yeah this week work experience program so yeah that's the only new thing that's happened so thank god thank god yeah it's been a while um well i've been working doing a lot of work um so mostly that, but I went to Toronto last week. Um, you know, just actually I went for two reasons. I went for this um convention, RCCG convention I was holding on Friday, and I went to see Maverick City in oh. Toronto. Kirk oh. Franklin and Maverick City was super amazing. Um, so I got to Toronto and I realized that they call it Toronto. That's yeah. how the Torontians yeah. call it. You know, <laughs> see me here in the village saying Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. Anyways, it was, you know, it was super stressful and super awesome. Super stressful because we spent most of the time, we planned to go to a lot of places because we were only there for like a week. I went to a couple of friends. So we were out like every day, do you get? And so as soon as I got back, I needed to rest. But it was super fun. Um, I went to, where did I go to surf? Went to Canada Wonderland, went to Niagara Falls, uh, a couple of other places, CN Tower, Ripley's Aquarium. Yeah, but it was it was really good. So yeah, that was fun. It was an exciting part for me. This month, at least. The end. <laughs> that sounds cool. When you said you went to Toronto, it reminded me that actually you went somewhere. <laughs> you see? <laughs> I actually forgot I went to Cork. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I went to Cork. I went to Cork on Tuesday. So I had something that was this. I had to take like a late evening bus I got there around 11 30 p.m and on Wednesday my friends and I we just decided to explore Cork so it was basically a one-day trip because we used Thursday to just travel back to Dublin so on we went to Cork we just we went to gallery then we went sightseeing we just you know because Cork is like I don't say it's like ancient city just had this 
nature feel and you know ancient i actually wanted to go like on the bus stop or i don't even know what happened i'm going to properly go back and properly explore the place properly, <laughs> properly go back <laughs> As I'm, concerned, I'm going to properly go back and properly explore the place but it was actually fun i enjoyed myself me because i was with friends and i went out because i was i'm usually always at home so just you know a different you know ambience scenario so it was fun shall we came back on thursday and i had to pre- prep for a presentation while coming back so so that went well as well so yeah that was it you know the one thing i don't like about the atlantic canada right i've always liked small cities so st john's is actually pretty cool for me but my problem with atlantic canada is if you want to go anywhere you have to spend money see how you just went strip you just you know enter car enter bus enter train go where you're going pay like hundred dollars for plane it's not that real it is not that way if i want to leave from st john's to anywhere else it is a lot of money so you pretty much have to save do you get for that part and that's just the one thing i don't like about it you know moving across canada canada is a huge place like i mean huge so much so that you're moving from one place to another across the atlantic and you know you're experiencing a different you're moving within the atlantic self and you're experiencing a different time zone do you get so it's just not funny Uh, that's true that's done by europe can just hop from place to place so easily but this place was in ireland where the cork was in ireland. yeah it's in south ireland okay i'm glad you guys both- i think it's like after dublin it's kind of like the second major city okay. in ireland yeah That's nice. Well, I didn't travel anyway. <laughs> um, I've been learning. I've been continuing to drive. That's a surprise. Me, Abby. Yo. Thank God, though. Traveler extraordinaire. Abby? <laughs> That's what she does. That's what I like to do. <laughs> Funny. But I'm going to see Maverick City next week, so... Hopefully that will be a very cool trip. Just one day. And Go to where? Maverick City. To see Maverick oh, City. Okay, okay. And then yeah, I've just been taking care of myself, exercising, not trying to stress myself. Yeah, I don't have anything else to update. <laughs> My sister is here with me. So it's been nice. That's great. Yeah, let's take her around and stuff. So, yeah, and then, yeah, probably plan like a get together with people and just make this place more of a like a home and just have people around, feed them with each other fries and a lot of uh, zobo. And that's nice. Yeah, I want that. Maybe I should do that. I plan on doing jollof already, but the zobo part. But the hibiscus here is not as deep as our own. So I guess we'll probably come out like Chapman or something. <laughs> I'm just going to look for it. 
Have you and bought I Amazon? It. I, the one I bought was from Egypt. It's not so probably do have ones that i have they probably do bring because you know it's dry so it's it's easy to like you know import so i'll look for like the deep ones and it's been long i've had zobo zobo is a vibe for people who don't know what zobo is zobo is a hibiscus drink sometimes maybe pineapple and other things yeah you put sugar and you put flavoring Mostly pineapple. Some people put lemon. Some people just, you know, wing it. I don't know. Depends <laughs> on you. But it's important to have the hibiscus um, yes, yeah. in it and sugar or honey. Oh, well, if, if you care about your health. What kind of statement is that? I'm not saying that if you use sugar, you don't care about your health. But, <laughs> but there's a healthier option. Some people use honey or like a sugar, you know. Sweetener. Sweetener, mm. yes. yes. I hate those things. Place. I absolutely hate those things. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I believe there's healthy Zobo out there. There definitely is. But <laughs> I like mine, the traditional <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> pineapple using pineapple to make it does not make it unhealthy. I don't add sugar after using the pineapple. Oh, so you use like this pineapple juice. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't just bank on just pineapple, pineapple and it works for you. And you feel like you're drinking sweet zobo. How sweet, no, maybe we say healthy exactly. Like, that's what you will say. That's what you say. You say you don't drink sweet zobo. That's what you say. Don't say pineapple works for me. <laughs> wow, what do you guys add in after pineapple? Uh, uh-uh. You are the those statues this thing now. Okay, you guys put like all those things used to make um flavoring. No. Mm-hmm. Or oh, some people like, do that. Um, yeah, it's just sugar. Um, or something. No, I don't put sugar. I put that one. That's what I use. Like all those sachets for. Like, um, what's the word? I keep forgetting what the word is. Uh. Is it cola? Okay, that's what I'm saying. Yes, cola, don't they have the pineapple one? of that sachet one? Huh. They do. They do. But I prefer to use um actual pineapple and pineapple back i used to, i prefer to use pineapple back to boil it right mm. and actual pineapple do you get because it gives it a more um authentic taste and the pineapple back gives it this um distinct flavor that may i like personally in my zobo yeah i, mean, I don't add any of those things just pineapple so, sounds like yeah cool. but, but i must add cola that's interesting i've never seen that mm. Yeah, I think too. color it also gives it color. Mm. Oh, yes. Before I forget to mention two things, although now I can't remember the, the first thing I wanted to mention, but still two things in case I remember later. First thing, I saw Moya in Toronto. Yes. <laughs> it was so cool and so amazing because, you know, we haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Right, but it was super cool. So yeah, there's that. But I can't remember the second thing. So when I remember, I might interrupt anybody's conversation and say it because you know these things just they fly over my head pretty quickly. Yeah. So did, but it's okay. 
It's what? It's what? I know, though. What? <laughs> hey, please. So, I'm not old at all. I'm a young lady. I'm not even in my prime yet. Okay. I'm too young to be in my prime. I love that. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now we're on to the discussion for the book. Disclaimer, I didn't finish it. Oh, that's shocking for you. (laughs) (laughs) It was it was interesting. I cried in a bit, but I was Some other stuff was going on, so I couldn't finish it. Wow. The first time for everything. It wasn't, I didn't cry, cry, because when I say I cry, people just assume I'm like weeping. I was just, you know, so touched. So I didn't cry, actually. I was so touched by a lot of the issues that they were talking about that, you know. Um, I, I just saw the maybe's ex um, reaction. Expression, no. Like me, so I was like, cry. Which part made you cry? <laughs> I was no, I was so no, I was actually so touched about, um, because a lot of times we we you know, when she talked about her own issues, right? Um, how her desire, like you know how the whole thing started out, and how she when she was talking about how pain she was when they cropped out her photo, right? And how everybody was trying to tell her, uh, it's no big deal. Uh, why are you exaggerating? And all the comments and all the stuff that we're going on. I was like, I was super touched, you know? And I had dedication, like, to, you know, she just, she talked about her entire group period. And I was, you know, I was touched by it. I didn't cry exactly, you know, I was touched. This book is titled The Bigger Picture by Vanessa Nakate. So she's a Ugandan climate activist that I think she started her journey in 2018. Mm -hmm. And I think that was when she first discovered. I can't really remember exactly what spiked her passion or what's ignited her passion for, you know, climate, you know, activism. But it started in 2018 and you know, she started off doing little, little strikes with her siblings and friends on um, people's, you know, people trying to get people to be aware about climate change and climate crisis. So she started off small from going to marketplaces, then she moved to the parliament, the, yeah, parliament in her country, I mean, in her country, she stays in the capital of Uganda, which is Kampala. And so gradually she was doing her own beats and slowly she was getting noticed mm-hmm. um, for her contribution to climate activism. And she's, she got invited to so many places. She was also recognized by, you know, Greta, the one person I know most people know when it comes to climate activism, who then retweeted her, that's Vanessa's activism around the world. And it also helped Vanessa gain more attention when it comes to climate activism. So she was also able to, she was invited to so many places in Nigeria, New York, 
um, Switzerland where the whole, you know, cropping thing happened. I think most people will be aware about the her picture, her face being cropped out of the um, picture for, uh, I mean, Davos in 2020, January 2020. So I think if, if anybody... I think that was one thing that went round the world, so people will know her for that. So, um, so she she has been invited to so many places to talk about climate um, change and cri- and the climate crisis, most especially in Africa, and also she she has her own Vasha project initiative where she speaks to school kids about climate change and she also helps assist. Um, you know, with planting of trees, anything to help improve and um, reduce the whole climate climate crisis. She was doing her own bits in that aspect. And she also collaborated with so many people in that aspect as well to help with um, solar energy and reduction of waste, plastic, most especially. So she she had, she did a lot of things, which I know that as we're going to be talking in this um, sec- session, we're going to be able to point out so many things that she did, so many people that she collaborated with, act- activists, climate activists from around the world, and how they were also able to contribute to the climate um, crisis and climate change. And she touched on so many points. She um, also spoke about other activists and she touched on so many things that they also said. And yeah, so let's dive in to the book. That was a good summary. So one thing that was really, really amazing about this book is that she brought up issues that I'd never even heard about, which I I feel very sad <laughs> that I never even like heard about these things. And these things are things are not reported on the worldwide media. You would see mostly things about that she kept pointing to the global north. But yes, it's actually you see more things about the global north than the global south. Mm-hmm. And you see you know, if there's a war in Ukraine, everybody knows that there's a war in Ukraine. But now she's talking about the child, like child drying up and talking about Congo deforestation. And I have never heard about it. And I just feel really sad because it's something that we have to like, if the media is not going to cover it, we have to like go out of our own way to find out news about different countries and inform ourselves of what is going on. And I think what I really like about her is when she watches something or hears, hears about something that is like a problem, she immediately thinks of how can I be play a part in helping these people? How can I be a part of the solution? Sometimes you just hear stuff on the news and just be like, oh, uh, sorry, oh, yeah. you know, but she like she immediately think what can i do when those people were you know starving they didn't have access to even two two meals during the pandemic shutdown lockdown and everything she immediately thought what can i do and found a way to get enough meals for meals flat for 50 people and i'm just you know i just keep seeing her you know she heard about the congo um rainforest deforestation immediately she brought it to people's attention she's just Maybe she hears something that's going on. She just says, how can I do something? And she does something. And it's just something that we have to learn from, you know, to be a part of the solution as well, you know. And she mentioned one quote that I really love about Mahatma Gandhi's, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. You know, do your own part. 
you know, in, in your own way to be a part of the solution and not just leaving it up to, you know, major officials and everything because they won't do anything. They want to line their pockets and yeah. do what's best for them. Not a lot of, there are some leaders who actually put the people first, but there are not a lot of them. And it's just the sad situation we find ourselves in. So I was just looking at some of the issues she mentioned and just even seeing that Africa, even though they are the least contributor to climate change, they are the ones affected the most and the people are affected. And it's just something that we also have to be a part of this solution because she mentioned something that always happens as well how Africa is really dumping ground. She's like, okay, UK wants to reduce their, mm. changing, change their cars, mm. but they will dump their old cars in Africa. Fast fashion, everybody will use their fast fashion and dump it in the, in mm. the landfill. Landfill, not even landfill, they'll sell it in the markets, mm. you know, for 100 naira, 200 naira. But how many people are buying it, you know, because people will buy it, you know, to eat, but it doesn't last, it's not sustainable. And basically we become a landfill you know a place of you know take what you can get that's visible the rest burn it or do something in the end they are like shifting the climate change effects somehow kind of way in the sense that this place becomes cleaner and africa now starts producing more and they are now affected by you know the effects of climate change because there is more burning there you know farming there's farming there's there's flooding there's all sorts of things that are happening because there will not be an increase in temperature and everything affecting more of the people you know the air won't be as clean because there'll be less trees and you know different things so in the end it's just like a an exchange and welcome moyo it'll just be like an exchange and it's just it's not a solution so working together everyone working together to make a solution actually you actually touched my heart like like uh, comfort said because there are a lot of things that she mentioned and she even gave actions at the end which I really love of actions of how you can be involved maybe not be a climate change activist but in your own way like be a part of the solution when you see things you know find a way that you can help in your own little way and I just think it's really cool to see and she also mentioned stuff about you know the racial how climate change is not just by itself but when it affects like marginalized groups and everything that's when you bring in social justice and racial justice and if all those things are working together you know to prefer solution to these things in the end we can get um reduce the climate change effects for all people because you can't keep waiting till 2050 for this magical solution or 22 or 2100 or whenever they want to set their date you know because the change is happening now you know the changes, the effects, we're seeing them now, and people are suffering these effects. So mm-hmm. I was let everyone just continue. Okay. I liked the fact that the author, that's Vanessa Nakate, she was able to, you know, use other activists, mm. you know, experiences and link them to the point that she was trying to pass across. Mm. So from the speeches that she's had she always refers to what other activists have said maybe when she was in you know communicating with them one-to-one or whatever they said during maybe a speech at a program or anything so that was one thing I liked and another thing I liked about how the author 
you know, express herself in this book that she was not afraid to call out, you know, leaders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She said it the way it was mm-hmm. that you know, you these leaders because of there's greed involved. You know, when it comes to the global north, because their own is the profits, the money, and they say that the global south, that's Africa and and other countries that may that are uh, that are mostly affected by the climate um, change, they have all this you know gold, they have everything, so they just want to go collect what they want to collect and just don't care the kind of after effect it has on the land. So she she also mentioned the time she went to, um, was in New York, she had a meeting with the Ugandan, I don't know when she had a meeting with the Ugandan representative or so regarding, I think, climate or something like that. And she was expecting them to do certain things, but they didn't do it. They didn't answer her call when she tried to communicate with them. So she called them out and she wasn't afraid to do so. And I feel like that's one thing. That was one thing I admired about the the, um, author. You know, she even acknowledged that she's an introvert and all this, but definitely she can't be sitting back. She has to come out of her shell. She has to do certain things so that change can be done. That was one thing I also um, admired about the author. So, but when it comes to what she had written, I wrote like I just had a lot of things down. And there was one thing, one thing that she mentioned it well, she mentioned a lot of things. Um, when it comes to Africa, like what she said earlier, saying that you know, Africa, we hardly contribute to climate change, but then again, we are the ones that suffer the consequences. And um, I remember when I was little, I think, I remember I used to, during the end of the year, Amatan comes around that October or September, you are feeling the dryness and, you know, your, your, your throat is itchy, your legs are ashy and everything. But now you only get like one week of Hamatan. Mm. And people will think like, ah, why are you, why are you complaining that you don't get Hamatan? Me, myself, I don't understand what it was that, oh, it's climate change or anything. But I knew that there was something wrong. I Now, I know that it's just one week or you don't even get it at all. And then as a child, you there's a matter, the dry season goes on for months from September to like March or February. It goes on for months. It's cold. It's dry and everything. But now people will just be like, why are you complaining that there's no amatan? Do you like um, do you like to feel dry? Do you like to feel ashy? Do you like it when your throat is itchy? But I'm like, no, I don't. But obviously, I knew there was something wrong. That <laughs> it's not like somebody did one magic wand in the air and just says, oh, Amatan should go forever or something like that. So I didn't, like, I couldn't put a name to it. I couldn't put, like, a term to it. But I guess that definitely was climate change. And I can see it. It's not like, oh, somebody is telling me this story. I used to feel this way as a child. I remember the smell of Amatan and now I, I don't smell that anymore. So that was what it was. There was something that the um, author mentioned. I think she was actually, you know, referring to what somebody said. Something, something about Nigerians and always mentioning, oh, you know, I say Nigerians, Africans, when it comes to, it's God, though, that when it comes to, if they notice any kind of change in environment, oh, God is angry at all, so, or this or that. But if you think about it, it's humans that have actually caused anything that has to do with um, change in environment, it's human beings that have caused it all, like, 
along the years Mm -hmm. so it's over the years I mean so it's you know when it comes to industrialization and all that she mentioned something as well that when she was in school and they discovered black gold in Uganda Mm -hmm. and it just became a typical examination question which is very very typical of you know schools in Africa or when did this happen when did Nigerian or when did this or when did this so she was like, oh, they will always ask the question in their exams that, oh, when did Uganda discover black gold? And you write 2006. When do, like, what's, what's, what does it mean for the, you know, country? She was like, oh, employment, this and that and this and that. And that is the issue. Like, these are the issues. When it comes to black gold or crude oil, it's, you have to <laughs> burn fuel fossil fuel, which is something that, you know, has caused the um, increase in greenhouse gas emission, you know, it's also causing ozone layer depletion, so many things. And this is actually affecting, you know, the environment. And she gave alternatives that there's solar, there's wind energy. And she also mentioned that Uganda has a lot of sun. You know, Mm -hmm. if they could just invest in solar energy, definitely they'll be able to get electricity to places that's in the urban places where it's only 40% of people that don't get electricity. Rural places where it's just 60% that actually suffer lack of electricity. And so she, she gave like alternatives and all that. And as I was just reading at, there's like a lot the 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 book was let me say it was equivalent to a textbook a lot of information to take in lots of information to take in and um there's actually there's a lot to say so i'll just push it to another person so that everybody can you know say their piece really but it's an amazing book i actually learned a lot and i felt very proud of myself because i think yesterday i bought something eco-friendly so that's nice <laughs> <Girl>. <laughs> um, um, good morning everyone <clears throat> yeah. first things first apologies for um joining late yeah. and um second thing also um apologies for having a i'm going to have a different view and perspective of things other than what, because I did hear what do maybe and um and what she said. So um I, I'm kind of like what do you say? You didn't hear the full thing, but you heard part of what I said. I part of what do maybe say. Why not? We need book, people. Um, we need contradictions so that we yeah, can spice sure. things up in this okay. our wonderful podcast. So yeah, so go ahead. Some of the things they've said is correct, okay. but some of the things you've um also said. Uh, kind of, um, I'm looking for the best way to put it. Not necessarily dreams, but you could call it um, fake lies. So in, I'm, I'm going to explain. Um, like what Timmy just said now, uh, Uganda has some, um, you know, invest in solar to get that because, you know, we're trying to go green. But then that's the thing about going green. Going green, if you break it down to its fundamentals, you are still not going green. Mm. You are doing... So what you're doing is that everyone has this notion that crude oil and everything, the black oil or whatever you call it, is the, is the devil, is the demon, right? Because that's the one everyone has knowledge of. But every single alternative to going green, even though they produce lesser outputs in comparison with crude oil, they are still not going green. Solar 
also has its own um, carbon footprint or its own bad uh, negative effect on the earth in regards to the panels. Mm. Ever wonder how they create those panels? Yeah. As long as any precious metal is being refined and being transformed into a final good, it's not going green. The mm. same thing with electric. Electric is even, it's, it's because there's no much knowledge out there, but we're talking, um, what's that thing called again? Nickel. We're talking um, all these all these um, metals. I've, I've kind of like forgotten most of them right now. But all those nickel and the whatnot that you have to go and mine and, and get. No, these are things that even the mining process itself, it's not green. Mm-hmm. And then after this span of life of what 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. they cannot be um, um, what they call the um, degraded or whatnot, and they cannot be refined to um, better use again. So it's still the same. There's a, there's a LinkedIn post that I read of recent. And honestly, even if I could get a link, LinkedIn post again, I'll just like read like some ex, um, excerpts for, for you guys. But then it broke things down like to its, to its fundamentals and lets us know that it's wishful thinking. I'm sorry to say, but it's wishful thinking that we are going to um, go green if we eliminate um, fossil fuel. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go green. And number two, we will never meet up the capacity that fossil fuel gives. It's something called, um, so rather than um, energy replacements, it's an addition, right? All you can do is increase the output of solar, increase the output of electric. You are adding to the energy matrix. You are not fully replacing fossil fuel because the demand that is out there is increasing. What about nuclear? Now, there's that danger that comes across with it, that it's dangerous to the people. So this time around, you're going to choose one, dangerous to the environment or dangerous to the people. People are... That's, yeah, there's a little danger, right? But people yeah. have have learned, you know. That's the thing, that's the I'm thing not about saying, No, everything. I'm not saying nuclear is not dangerous, but yeah. as far as you... As far as you, yeah, nuclear can be disastrous, right? Yes. Which is why, if it's done, it has to be done perfectly. So, comfort. This, a lot this of to all we, I'm trying to say. no, I'm, no, I'm, I no, I'm, I get I'm what you're saying when you're saying you're saying that all these things, right? All these things they produce um, carbon. They have carbon footprints. But you know, the point we're trying to make is not. We're not trying to. Okay, I guess a lot of people are saying zero carbon footprint. But the thing is. We're trying to, there will always be industrialization. People will always look to make life better. True. Yeah. But we we have to find a way, you know, to protect the environment while we are doing that. And if that means trying to reduce our carbon footprint by weighing the options, right? By weighing the options and figuring out which one produces less carbon footprint, number one. Number two, Carbon sequestration is am I I don't know even if I'm getting the word the full this thing. I don't know. Once a word has more than three, four syllables, I always mix it up. Yeah, sequestration, yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. And figuring out ways to, you know, yeah, all these things, right? They are put in place. Like people are like there's been a lot of research into carbon capturing, carbon sequestration, um, you know storing carbon and all of these things is you know is huge everywhere but the point is that i'm not saying kudos is the devil i've never ever thought kudos is the devil 
as uh, I've always felt that there is a way for us to figure out how to manage our operations, how to reduce this thing. Because yes, the truth is that all of these things, all of these methods, there's no way for us to generate the same capacity that we get from crude oil, right? Like if you are going to even like if you are going to be thinking about sustainable energy, you're going to have to combine all the forms. Solar doesn't produce as much capacity. Wind definitely doesn't produce as much capacity. Do you get? Mm-hmm. Which is why people started looking into things like um, nuclear. Um, is it? Um, what's this? I can't remember the country because I remember I had to do a project on it, and they talked about um, they produce the highest amount of waste per capita in the world. It's a European country. And so the waste is incinerated and converted to energy, basically like recycling energy. Do you get? Yeah, so... So that's uh, also another... But yeah, I get your point that... I'm not saying crude oil. I've never... I feel like we need to figure out... Because industrialization is something that is always going to continue because people will will always want to make their life better. But we need to figure out a way to do things in a sustainable manner, whether it involves reducing the capacity or figuring out new methods or figuring out ways to convert the energy, ways to combat the carbon footprint, ways to collect carbon, you know, and for carbon sequestration in order to reduce the amount that we're actually releasing to the atmosphere. I think all these things are important, but I do not think that it is hopeless to want to achieve a sustainable world. Yeah. It's not hopeless. The world is not hopeless. The world is unrealistic based yeah. on present situation. Now, I'm not saying yeah. at no point, wait, wait, come from it. At no point in time, did I say you mentioned um, you said Kudo is the devil, right? But I'm saying generally, if you ask random 10 people right now, list all the first, list, list all the various um, sources of energy, including the solar, the wind, and whatnot. They're going to tell you that they want wind because wind is green. They want solar because solar is green. They want electric because electric is green. What, what does that mean? They're telling you that um, Kudo or or, or whatnot is the is the devil, right? But then this is where media comes into play. That's what is out there for everyone to everyone to think. Even wind itself. Do you know how the even the production of wind, about what you use so much um well to even make the wings or whatever they call those things. And then those things also is that those wind stuff have psychological effect though on those living nearby mm. to them. The whatever sound it has psychological effect on those, those living nearby. Yeah, to them. but but so a lot of wind farms don't there. have people living. A lot of wind farms don't That's have skin. people it's living not, around no, no, no. there. Number it's one, so, number two, no, you're talking about the production. Wait, <sighs> but wait, let me address something you're saying. You're talking about the production of all those things. Granted, the production of all those things have carbon footprints, but in the long term. Is not is is less compared to what crude is producing, and with now, like I said, crude is not the devil, but the way we produce crude the way we use it now, the amount we produce, the capacity we use, and everything about the whole system, right, makes it a large emitter of of carbon, and that's just the truth. That's you, yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why I'm saying that. Definitely, right? 
carbon um, fossil fuel is a large source, right? Definitely, we need to find a way to be sustainable about it. But at, until we can match the capacity of because the 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 need the need for the cap the capacity that we need as human beings grows as population increases as technology increases right the capacity for energy also increases right and until we can match carbon there's no way we can you know talk about completely scrapping that but i think that the way we need we do things needs to change because you know i don't know why moya is not looking at me anymore <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying no. to do I think I think that the way we need to do things needs to change. Well, no, okay. There was something that was going on last. Sorry, Moyo. I know you're about to say something. I just have to say this thing. I think I've said it before. There's something that was going on, I think, about last or two years, and everybody was talking about scrap plastic, scrap plastic, scrap plastic, right? Okay, what are the other options now that we have available to us, right? We talk about um cotton or you talk about wood right but all these things right also are producers of carbon number one they're not you know healthy for the environment Especially right the carbon one. the production yeah the production of of a single plastic bag actually generates less carbon emission than the production of a cotton bag or a this thing back but do you know where the problem begins where the problem lies and how we as human beings use it yeah plastic was not intended i i was doing research on plastic pollution at a point in time plastic was not intended to be like a one use only kind of stuff but it has become single use plastic is like a large you know, a large market to get. And people use plastic, people dispose of plastics, they use it once, they dispose of it once. And so the accumulation of all of that has become a major problem. Do mm-hmm. Even though when you are comparing the emission from a single plastic and a single wood bag or a single, you know, a single paper bag, I'm saying wood bag, a single paper bag or a single this thing, right? Plastic is actually, you know, produces less emission. Right. But basically, our systems, our capacity for carbon, for fossil fuel needs to change the way we do things. We need to figure out a sustainable way, a way to um, compensate the environment for the damage we are doing to it. And that's, you know, yeah, I just I don't think. Yeah, I I really don't think that we should, you know, just say um, fossil fuel is bad. But the way they run the economy, the way they run their things is bad. That's how I feel. Yeah. So I get what the, you're um, saying. Man. It should be like a balance. The tiny part that I support you only as is where um, the developed countries are telling the um, developing countries, basically African nations, to reduce their, um, you know, their carbon, whatever, whether it be production of crude oil or actual um, mobile vehicles and, and other things. And that doesn't make any sense. Because in regards to utilization, we are on like the lower scale in compared to other European countries. Because we use ours mostly for just um, transportation and electricity, right? But we're talking about countries that use it for like eight months out of 12 months for eating, for some people even like, so in general, I'm trying to say that the European countries and the um, American countries, they use more crude oil. So there's we are, we are contributing to like 20%. They're contributing to like 80%. 
So they should not expect both parties to have the same contribution to um, carbon reduction, right? Because we are not the, we're not at fault as much as they are at fault. So that's the only part where I, I agree with comfort. But comfort, I'm still saying the same thing, that unless there is um, better education out there, unless there's a conversation out there breaking every single piece of energy down to their fundamentals, can we truly have the discussion that, okay, what is the right way to go? Because right now, everyone thinks it's solar, everyone thinks it's electric, but that's not so. So mm, that's what you think, so, but okay. Yeah. No, the I'm truth not, is, I'm not what would you say? What would you say with the way things are heading? What would you say? Since you're saying that, okay, to it to be unrealistic. So, so, what saying would you say? yeah. so with the way things are heading, what needs to happen is the media needs to be taken out of uh, um, the media needs to be used for better things in regards to proper education on the um, production and on the production and the output of each source of energy. And then that way, the people are, you know, they have more knowledge of what exactly it is that every single thing entails. Because people just think solar is it's a magical energy. I mean, there's sun out there. Let's tap it. Let's, let's use it. Oh, there's electric right there. If I can use electric in, um, in my car. Oh, problem solved. No need for gas anymore. So I'm saying what's, what's out there right now is high-level um, information in regards to various energy sources. We need in total, we need detailed um, conversation. That's what I'm saying, that we need to break down all these things to the fundamentals, spread it out there, and then make a wise choice. Because on, until that's we not possible. do that, that's, that's not possible. If that's not going to happen, then I'm telling you. It's, it's not, no, 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 no. Let me tell you the thing. Let me know. Let me tell you the truth, right? You can't. Okay. In a group of 10, right? If you're going to make a decision, in a group of 10, you want to make one decision, right? It's going to be hard because everybody has their own opinions. Yeah. Everybody has their own distinct, right? But the point is, and, and do you know why that is? Do you know why that is? Because Wait. everyone is working on, 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 on different level of information. Everyone is working on different level no, of information. No, it's not just that. No, no, no. You can't say that. No, you can't say that. Even that's, if everybody has the same amount of information. I'm not saying that's the no. main thing. But that's no. contributing to it. If everybody has the same amount of information, they will still have different perspectives. And a result will not come at once. That it's not allowed. easy. That is allowed. But my that point is, is you're allowed. saying you're saying we you're saying we need to produce a high level level of information, right? But the countries that are before we even talk about that, the the effect of what they are doing on Africa. But let's talk about the countries that are actually trying to go, you know, this thing. What are they doing? They're not, you, they are going, you know, they are comp trying to combine, integrate all the different forms of energy by themselves, you know, come together. You don't, you, you say everybody needs to have this information. If we are going to wait for everybody to have the same amount of information, we're never going to get things done. Mm. We're never going to get things done. True, there needs to be awareness. Yes, there needs to be awareness. That's so true. But we need to start making decisions now because we are the ones, Africa is, is the ones going that, that are getting affected first, right? We are the ones facing the high temperatures. We are the ones facing the less farming times. And that's the truth of it, right? We are the ones, okay, 
let's talk about what she talked about, right? From the sense of, um, I like what Timmy was talking about when she talked about how, um, or was it to maybe how we become a dumping ground, right? For European countries, American countries, all of them are trying to say that, oh, we're achieving our own carbon footprint, right? But there is no accountability or awareness when it comes to producing for African or African countries. They just produce air, they don't have any, the, the point is they just want to share meat, whatever government regulations are there, right? So they are not being held accountable to the effect of all these things will have on, you know, the African country. Let's talk about let's talk about Nigeria now. We don't produce enough energy. So everybody gets generators, right? Nobody talks about the cumulative effect of this generator, what is going to have the effect is going to have on air quality you know, on human health. Everyone say, okay, you say um, Hamatan is this thing, is what's causing this thing. But nobody talks about the effect it's going to have on human lungs, human health, you know, on air quality for Nigeria as a this thing. And they just bring their, this thing, bring it, uh, because we don't have strict regulations on it. We don't have strict um, air quality regulations. We don't have strict regulations on things like generators and all those things, right? And so they just dump all these things, right? In a, in Nigeria, they just dump them in African countries. They dump their cars, they dump all these things. They dump us. But the fact is, we don't have the regulations to, to stop it. Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares because everybody's just thinking, eh, as far as I shall get the generator, as far as I can shall, you know, have light, as far as I can shall do this thing. Sorry, get, Sorry just... Wait. just, just I don't understand what you're saying, right? Can you just tell me, like, are you trying? Are you trying to say that um, the the foreigners are to blame in um, totality about about the things no, going on? In Africa? that's 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 the exact opposite of what I'm saying. Okay. I'm trying to say that nobody else is going to care about us if we don't care about ourselves. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm saying, yes, they are doing all this, but they can do all this because we have the lax rules and we don't have the regulations that will stop it or protect ourselves. And everybody's just going along with it because, you know, they can. Mm-hmm. And it's business. They have to make their money, right? Mm-hmm. And Great. if we are not going to be the ones to make those rules, if we're not going to be the ones to, you know, watch those things, why do they have to be considerate of us? Why do they have to help us out, Right. And that's just the that, truth about it. That is true. That we is have true. to be the ones. We have to be the ones that insist on because we, you know, nobody's talking. Everybody just say, "Oh, it's getting hot. Oh, oh, it's getting hot out. Oh, there was no hamatan today, right?" Mm-hmm. But the people that are feeling that the farmers that don't have, yeah. they're having shorter farming times. Yeah. That their crops are dying due to, you know, pest. Crops are dying due to the heat and all of those. So those are the ones well, that are feeling so it. Much, you know, they can tell that there's a change. And because, then we, we are just yeah. like, oh. It's getting hotter on the gen. Let's on the gen. Let's feel the breeze. Do yeah. you get? And that's what we're saying about it. And okay. man must just work. Suppose what Comfort is saying, or let's say that on uh, in general, also the Americans and the Europeans also are feeling the effect of climate change. But the only difference is that they are actually doing things to change to change things up. For example, now you can see most of the public transports being used is either you're going hydrogen or you're going electric. Right, you can see countries like I know there was one time where France was giving incentives whenever the temperature was at record high, they would open the trains up for free for anybody to use just to avoid people using um going out with their cars. So I'm just saying, if then if 
um africans can like incorporate some of that at least do whatever you can in your own little capacity forget all this um paris goal 20 something something that's different yeah, nations that's, that's, together that's, to it, that's exactly that's it every single nation that's a personal is, thing every single nation is is different right so the um the the climate the paris goal or whatever that they all signed or whatnot that's backbone out to what is immediately going on in their country right so i'm saying what i'm just trying to say is that africans should take Af- um africans should take africa africa seriously africans should take control of africa pretty much yeah. like don't expect um don't expect um and out exactly because in 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 a way we are even though see what we say is that the europeans and whatnot they facilitate it right but by the ones that initiate it because i mean we are out there saying, i encourage it exactly exactly that kind of thing like allow I, I it was, there was one time i did a report on the um on um accidents in um, nigeria and, th- and this was the um airways i think that was it so one of those um air crashes and the very very stupid part about it is that planes that the um that the european unions or whatnot have said are not are not fit to fly That's anymore in, in, um, in, in europe because they've used i think about 25 or whatever mm-hmm. years of um operating right so the the, the um regulatory bodies has banned them from operating that is the aircraft that's one of the people in nigeria that, you, that your aircraft bodies in nigeria we can buy we can purchase mm-hmm. or use in nigeria and that's yeah. one of the things that contributed to most of the crashes because I, I i studied about two uh so so this one one other one also and it's 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 majorly things that could have that could be avoided honestly maintenance because what when you buy old whatever what do you expect you're going to have to continuously be maintaining it and they don't also do that so Anyway, it's just yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. That at the end of the day, right, climate change has to start from us, has to start from our government. And that's just the truth about it. Because all this this thing, if you wait for that's why I was saying that if you're going to wait for everybody to be aware, you're telling somebody that's not eaten in the past three days and uh, be aware of climate change. Let's first decide I mean, which you know what's funny. Yeah, so I'm, no, I'm, I'm not saying awareness awareness is funny. Awareness is important, but it's slow. Hmm. We're going to have to make decisions. You, you know, when you're trying, when you're thinking about making decisions on stuff like that, you have to consider short-term decisions, long-term decisions. Awareness is going to fall under something like long-term, right? You organize programs, you, you, this thing, you try to show people the effect and all those things. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not disputing the importance of awareness. Right. I'm just saying that the decisions have to be made now because, so, you know, well, it's not, saying, climate is not going to slow down. The climate so change is not going to slow course. down. The effect what is not I'm going to, to say, slow down for us. What I'm trying to say is that I'm not saying awareness is the magical solution, right? Mm. My own strategy is, I get it, I, um, if, uh, you know, telling um, millions of people, you know, trying to get, trying to change their perspectives or give them new information, it's a difficult thing to do. And something that, that, that would be like, it's an ongoing thing, right? But those that actually have, that are actually in positions to make power, that, those are the kind of people I'm, I'm referring to. Now, awareness for the public is supposed to support the actions of the, um, of, the of, 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 of those in power. I'm going to give you an example. The um the new train whatever train network that are doing in um Nigeria, um Lagos, Ibadan, um, Abuja, Kaduna, and um, whatnot. I know it's been done by um 
by China. But have you thought of the fact that, okay, this is what I'm trying to say that the government should be doing. This, this is a new infrastructure project that's going to probably last for like the next 25 years, 20 years plus. Mm-hmm. That's when you're supposed to be thinking ahead. Do I necessarily want to bring in old school locomotive mm-hmm. and, just, and just put them on ground and then my people will look at me and be like, oh, we finally have train. And then I will have that as one of the achievements of my um, administration. Or do I want to look at the way things are going now? Do I want to get a system, invest in a system that is like maybe um, half electric, half hydrogen or whatnot? Because I'm very, very certain the locomotive system that was, in, that was employed in Nigeria is definitely not what people are using right now, what developed countries are using right now. And that's the example that I am saying. What I'm saying is that those in position of power should take actions. Then um, informing the public should just be, um, like um, educating the public should be a way of letting the public know why those decisions were saying. I'm not saying informing the public should just be all, all we do. Do you, do you because in a way, there's nothing the public can do. Yes, my um, little, little, your little whatever goes a long way. Don't buy plastic bag, uh, buy reusable bag, go for grocery shopping. Yes, understandable. So, so I, have, I just want to say something. So how long are we going to wait for these people in power to know the right thing to do? That's the thing. So either way, I, I, I think... Revolution or whatnot, but all I'm saying is that what we can do is capped. The, the, the effect of what we can do it's capped. It's capped. True that. That's what I'm saying. It's capped, and it's minute. On the long, on the on, on, in, in the large scale of things, it's minute. I can tell you to stop use, using plastic bag, use reusables, but I cannot tell you not to buy petrol for your generator at home mm. because I will use, use lights. Even even if I tell you that, okay, go so um, use solar. Solar is a better way. It's a better way in, in regards to operation, right? But if you, for um, the, the products themselves, before they even came to your own doorstep, they've already contributed to their own carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. But you don't know that. So that's why you would tell your neighbor that, ah, neighbor, neighbor, Laura Solau is better for you. So okay. No, but they've, con- you know, you said they've contributed to their own Okay, Moyo, let's yeah. you talk about true. I like how you talked about production. You have to consider when you're considering carbon footprint, you have to consider comp- production and operation. Mm-hmm. True that. But have you also considered that both the production and the operation of fossil fuel generates carbon footprint? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. I'm not saying but, fossil fuel is, is a saint, though. Don't get me wrong, though. At no point in time did mm-hmm. I call it a saint, but it's a necessary evil. Mm. Until you can find a until, until you can mm. find an ideal replacement. It's a necessary but, evil. But, but we can reduce our capacity for producing but, it. If you eliminate the vehicles on the road, comfort, that's about 40% of fossil fuel utilization. I know you are well aware of this. That's about only 40% of, of fossil fuel. Right now, Moyo. No, no, no. You said this. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, but okay. You talked about some things, um, like like in Canada, right? Every province has benefits if you switch to electricity. Like some provinces has benefits if you decide to buy an electric car, do you get? And some provide you 
credits for recharging your cars and stuff like that. Do you get all of it in a bit to encourage this thing? But do you know where the sense is? Nobody's saying scrap out gas, scrap out electricity. They are saying reduce the capacity to produce, reduce the capacity to use. It's not going to be a, okay from today on, no more fossil fuel. We're that's trying to move. On. That's what's going on. People are saying that's oh, not what's going on. They're calling for in the next what five is going years. On. The, the people five years, that no no no. The people that are doing yeah, but in the, thank God you said in the next five years we're gradually fading into something else, into another phase. Nobody's going to wake up and say from now on no more fossil fuel. That's not possible. We're gradually fading into other forms of electricity to see if we have the capacity to do it. You know what? Okay, you know what I will say right now is that you want to face out cars with um, gas no. cars, mm-hmm. combustible engine cars, right? In the next five years, True. some people are saying in the next five I'm, years. You, that's you what they to want that. to do. But that's not eliminating fossil fuel out there. That's only eliminating forty percent. Of fossil fuel out there, or by the many sixty percent, you have no present solution, no near present solution to aviation. But fraud. have you considered? Have you considered? You the, have no solution um, benefits, to that you But have you considered? Have you considered the benefits of using forty percent? No, I'm not saying no. They don't. No, you can't say that. Have you considered the benefit of reducing the forty percent you're talking about? You're saying okay, it's forty percent for cars, but have you considered the benefits to the environment of reducing forty percent of have the amount of energy? Okay, reduce, reduce that forty percent, and have mm-hmm. you, you actually have quantifiable data of what you are using to replace it? Do you have quantifiable oh data that says you, that? Oh my, that's what I'm saying. See, that's what I'm saying. Nobody's going to completely remove fossil fuel without having an option. They are phasing it out to electricity. Is that not replacing it? But if we don't... That, that's why this thing is done slowly. We're well, trying to see if we okay, have the capacity to, to manage to, without it. Your solution. I'm going to verify your solution. I'm going to verify that, okay, what you've done is Time. actually the better thing. Time when you don't have tell. the data to support it. Time will tell. Time will tell. So, how is that a solution? So, you have oh, That's the truth. Time will tell. So, are you saying that was comforting? Because there was a time too that we didn't have all this. There was a time we hadn't discovered black gold. There was a time we hadn't known. There was a time we're using granite oil to power. There was a time you know that things were happening. So, time will tell. Exactly. Time will tell. Even we're going to get replaced. Where, where are you going to get the data from? Do you want to go into the future and get data before you decide? No. You have to start working on it. Yeah, you're saying there's no verifiable data. You're saying there's no verifiable data. You're saying that we don't have options. But the point is, thank God you said we're phasing out of it into f- for the next five years. The point is, let's see our capacity to be able to use electric cars right you talk about the fact that it's just 40 percent, but do you know the benefits of 40 percent will have on our climate change on the environment do you know the benefits it's going to have do you know the contribution have you considered that do you, know the, do you know the contribution the mining of the metals that you are using to produce your battery is going to contribute to your climate change also do you know oh the contribution okay. that your use at your used and depleted battery that cannot be decomposed it's going to contribute. It's also. going to have 
but but do you okay you're saying that so you're saying that that is worse are you saying that that is worse than the contribution wait are you saying that that is no i don't agree are you saying that that is worse than the contribution mining crude oil has on the environment and this is not just the the fact that you have to mine the amount of energy you used to mine the fact that you have to refine no calm down though calm down let me finish let me finish refine but calm down now let me finish talking we're talking about production have you considered the fact that getting the energy you used to to extract crude oil you need energy you need to refine crude oil the energy you need to use that is you know the all that is has the operation of fossil fuel, all that has on the environment. Are you telling me that that is going to be better than the amount you get from mining it? Do you know when you when mine these things, talk about. Do you know no, since when they've, said, you know, you know, when they've well. identified that coal is bad for the environment? Do you know since when they've identified that the mining and whatever of coal is bad for the environment? Guess what? <laughs> it's still being done. Because it's what's a necessary evil. Yeah, now we have options. Now we are trying to phase off. Now we are trying to integrate people. No, no, no. It okay. We talk about the countries in Europe that have I was telling you now, um, the a lot of countries in Europe that are trying to phase off zero this thing. How are they doing it? Right? By trying to combine different forms of energy. They're not just saying, okay, mm, solar. No. They're trying to combine the different forms of energy. We both agree to the fact that um, eliminating um, ice vehicles on the road is not going to stop the mining of coal. Yes or no? Oh my God! But it's going to reduce the amount of crude oil mined. No, and do you think that that doesn't have any effect on the environment? Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Oh my God! That's what you're saying. Yes, it will. It's not. Okay. Why do you think it's wrong? No. I like I like that you're a business person, Moyo, because we can talk about this from the and business comfort. point of view. Are, are you telling me? Wait. Are you telling me? Are you telling me? It will yeah, not be thank, allowed. Thank to you stop. for saying that. Thank you for saying that. It's are you telling business. me that when the amount of fossil fuel, when the amount of forget crude oil self, when the amount of petrol, all those things, when the capacity we need on earth reduces thank oh, god you said 40 percent when it reduces by 40 percent are you telling me that some foolish people will be in their oil and gas office and they will still be producing more than they need to be a waste oh yo are you telling me that that's what's going to happen that they'll be losing money and they'll be looking on as they are losing money that they will not adjust how they do business is that what you're telling me they will adjust how they do business but in what way what they're simply going to do is that they're going to produce more of the other things that are still be, uh, still in circulation. That's all. Exactly, but they will read. No, that's all. They will, no, see, it's the same amount will, of. No, 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 no. Oh my God, no, no, no. no Supply so when demand reduces. Process. Ah, all ah, you have ah. to do when demand reduces. Get petroleum. Comfort, 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 comfort. Wait, comfort. Wait. This is okay. this, this is production. Moyo, process. Moyo. Break it why down. did people? Comfort, why wait, do you think oil and gas? Wait. Why do you think oil and gas started adjusting their processes to include? environmental impact assessments you know trying to do sustainable goals and all of that why do you think they did that why do you think they did that do you think it's because it's out of their goodness of the out of the goodness of their heart do you think they just love the environment they just woke up one day and decided oh my god my children and my children children they're going to have to live on this earth like this is a lie it's because of business it's not good for business anymore and so they're trying to greenwash oil and gas and that's just the truth about it. If the amount of supply, if the demand reduces, supply will reduce. I reduce. 
because they will lose money. He has to produce what is in circulation. But the point is, just what's in so circulation? What I'm saying, comfort, what I'm going to say to that, wait, wait, what I'm saying to that effect, what I'm saying to that effect is that comfort, the mining of crude oil, just listen to me, the mining of crude oil, the quantity or whatnot, it's not going to reduce. Crude oil is still going to be yes, mined. Bill. And then number two, crude oil will be mined, but the amount now, of will reduce. Crude oil is going to be mined. And number two, the but, only difference in how you make... Um, but the amount will be reduced. Wait, let me let me tell you why it's not going to be reduced. The only difference in how you make petroleum and how you make other products is just in the um in the in the in the production process basically. So all they are going to do is change that production process to maximize more of other outputs no. of crude oil and no. not petroleum, and that is all that's no. going to happen. The no. same quantity no. that is mined is no. not going to reduce. No, no. it will reduce. What is it? It will reduce. I don't understand. Do you think that they just, as they are just drilling, is the amount the earth provides for them that they receive? They anyway. drill the amounts they they want. They gen, they collect the amount of fuel they want. They they refine the amount of fuel they want to produce. True. Now they're trying to maximize benefits now, so they max they mine as much as they can, as much as they possibly can. But if the production, if the need, then if the supply reduces if demand reduces supply will reduce they're not going to mine the same amount of energy that's waste that's waste of money because who's going to buy it anyway if they wait have you considered the effect have you considered the effect of no i have to finish you cannot go anywhere if i finish no you cannot interrupt my conversation moyo you cannot interrupt my conversation i was saying have you considered the effect of producing more fuel they are going to re- they are going to shortchange themselves because the, the, as supply increases like that, right? The price is going to drop. Have you considered that? Now you can go. Roll right. your eyes all so you want. I'll try. Now you I'll can try, go. I'll try and see if I can get back while you guys are still on, but I have to go now. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Moya, for your input. Thank you, Moya. Okay, that was quite a discussion but you guys raised really valid points all i wanted to say was that you know um yeah we say the world is a global village yes we have to do climate change as like as one people right basically yeah. because what is going on in europe is going to affect what's going on like the world basically anything that's going on is going to affect this thing right mm-hmm. um we talk about, okay, let's talk about how deforestation affects, right? So deforestation, okay, trees, right? They actually, they actually help by providing cover from a lot of, you know, it's hash, you know, things like dust, you know, they provide cover for everything. Dust, they provide cover for sun rays, all of those things, right? That's going on. Once you cut down the trees, right, you get dust and all of those things moving without barriers yeah. without mountains you know all these barriers all these natural barriers that empty that god has put in place you get mm-hmm. are going to be moved are going to be eradicated and without all these natural barriers we're going to feel the effects worse than we're feeling it now yeah and it's going to circulate around right eventually everybody's going to feel the effect of climate change and that's yeah. true yeah. but nobody's going to care if if we don't stand up for ourselves as africans nobody's going to stand up for us 
right? Yeah, Everybody's just minding minding their own business until they feel the cumulative effect of the environment of climate change through that, you know. But by then, it will be too late for us to take action. Mm-hmm. Get? And so we have to be the ones that make decisions, you know. Yeah, I'm saying we have to be the ones, but obviously, I mean, our government. And right now, we're still trying to fight from a place of corruption, insecurity mm-hmm. in our country. So who has time to even talk about climate change? But the truth is that people are feeling the effect now. Farmers are feeling the effect. Everybody saying, ah, oh, there's something different. Ah, oh, Nigeria is hotter this year. Everything is... Do you get... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nobody is trying to do anything about it. And we don't realize that it's going to keep getting worse. Yeah, like you said, you uh, there should be changes in like public policy. Like if they are going to do like a whole new railway line or something, they shouldn't order for the least one that everybody has abandoned. They should pick the good one that would be have the least effect on the uh, the climate. Looking at the future, because all these things last for years, and just not take the one that is broken down. I don't know exactly. If just so that they can say that oh yes, we've done something. Oh, I'm even thinking they even used to overcharge what it is and then go there and then pick the worst. Now, but you know, like all these contractors that you get mm-hmm. and want to build your house, they'll go and buy the one that is the one that is the least quality so that they can overcharge and you and then get profits. That's why I think some people do so they can take money from the you know the government this thing, even if they are signed. And you know, do you, do you know the thing about all of that? We don't consider like we don't consider you know what is doing mm-hmm. you know what is doing to our country jigget mm-hmm. and you know the thing is that a lot of times yeah people are looking for money but they forget the fact that sometimes right let's let's just break it down fame is more important than money jigget being you know talked about for generations is better than the money that they are keeping and they are storing inside their system because they will die their children will eat the money and die their grandchildren will eat the money and die basically they're not going to live forever do you get but whatever name they can keep whatever you know things they can do right people are going to talk about them whether it's for good or for bad do you get that's the legacy they are leaving behind instead of them to consider you know how how their children, how people are going to talk about their children and their children, children, right? That's that, you know, I just think that if if they are trying to be worldly, that's something that you know they should consider. Yeah. Do you get that's what I'm saying? But basically, right, there are a lot of things like God will help us. Amen. Shasha, God will help us. Yes, help us so. There's something that my teacher was, was my um my professor taught when, um, during one of our courses and where he was talking about environmental management. He was talking about US EPA system, how before they do a project, like especially a large project, right? Especially if they're doing the community, right? They have to post a letter and invite everybody yeah. for like a town hall meeting. Mm-hmm. For a town hall meeting. Yeah. Now he said that a lot of times. Now, like my professor was a very frank person. He used to talk about issues as they were, and sometimes he used to make us laugh. Look about how sometimes, right? They will publish it in maybe one of the most remote, especially if they know that the project is not really well liked. They will go and publish it on just their platform. Do you get as far as they publish it? Do you get because as in so that a lot of people will not see it and will not be able to come for the town hall. Meeting and oppose, 
Maybe but, people. <laughs> <laughs> you want to walk on in, in Illinois. Um, they have a list of all the people, like the people in the community that could be affected and they tr- they send letters to each and every one of them. So it's not just well, like somewhere. They send direct letters to them to inform them that this facility beside your house is going to be doing this. And so they always have like activists that are fighting for like mm-hmm. that particular area. So they get the information. Yeah, that's good. We talked about how there are a lot of places where they would just publish it on this thing, do you get so that if anything happens, they can say, eh, we published that we're going to have a town hall meeting, but nobody came. Mm-hmm. Do you get just to cover their backs? But the fact that they are smart enough to even know how to do these type of things and understand the impact of like a train, this thing, it should not be that fast. In fact, we should spend a couple of years trying to figure out how to trying to do the environmental impact assessment, you know, mm-hmm. of what that project is going to do for the community. Yeah. Do you get to Nigeria for the next 10, you know, predict as much as we can with, mm-hmm. you know, as much uncertainty as we can for the next at least five, 10 years. Do you get, mm-hmm. especially for a project as large as that. Mm-hmm. But everybody's thinking yeah. about how to, line their pockets and how to do what they do how to publish a book and talk about oh my accomplishments as a governor my mm-hmm. accomplishments as a this thing do you see this large train that i uh, that i did my own issue is that we're still fighting we're still in a place of insecurity where we're dealing with insecurity corruption and poverty but the environment is not waiting for us to reach a place where you know we are stable as a country before yeah. it's announced that okay now climate change can come mm-hmm. now you know the effects of climate change can come because as climate change grows worse the poverty increases these things affect they don't they don't just affect you know oh heat stroke or oh, this but it affects a lot of things yeah. do you get that was it affects, what the, uh, it affects human health it affects you know, the environment, it affects poverty, it affects insecurity, it affects jobs and all of that. Every It seeps into every aspect of our lives and it's not waiting for us to reach a place where we are, you know, there's public security and all of that. It's not waiting for us to settle down as a country. It does not wait for us to be more industrialized or, you know, or to be more developed. It's happening at the same time, which is, you know, is really horrible for us as a country because, you know, now the that the effect of that is being is drowned out by all the problems we face, you know, poverty is drowned out by insecurities, drowned of drowned out by bad governance, is drowned out by corruption. Do you get? And by the time we have we're stable enough to realize it, it would be it might be too late for us to actually do anything about it. And so I feel like we are between a rock and a hard place. I feel that. And like you guys yeah. said, it'd be nice if there are like better ways of doing things. Like even if they want to now produce um oil from, from you know fossil fuels and everything, it's if, it's if they can find a more efficient way of doing it with avoiding oil spills and you know the potter you know, people can't breathe because of soot like all over the place just from 
you know, they produce production and it's not just, you know, cars and different things. It, they affect the effect on human health and overall effect on the environment, you know, floods, farmlands and everything is just rebound effects all over the place. So if they can not even allow these people make this place a dumping ground and just even allow, like, they should sort out their own stuff without dumping it here and not collecting it and putting laws that, that help the economy to be more, like, climate efficient or to avoid, you know, increases in emissions that are not from us or not our fault or something like that or just making sure that like you, like some people that get credits and all those things for um electric there should be like credits for people that follow the rules for like um companies that come in multinationals and different things so just policies that make the place better for the people and not worse that would be really helpful so at the end of the day a lot of stuff we talk about boils down to good governance and that's just a place where we are not at right now. And so it is so very frustrating to talk about it because at the end of the day, you're thinking, okay, what can I do? I know that it boils down to good governance, but the question now is, when are we going to get good governance? It's kind of like waiting for, how will I put it? In front of you is just fog. You don't know when this is going to happen. So what do we as individuals, what can we do? I know that, yes, it's just like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the change that we need. But at least something is happening because we can't wait for these guys to do something about it. <laughs> we will wait for life. We will even wait in the afterlife. Let me put it that way. Because it's these people are in there, they're in, they're in position and they really do not care about what it is that is happening right now in Nigeria even with the insecurity going on with so many people complaining about so many things all they are focusing on is the election coming up so they don't even focus on the people that are going to put them in that seat maybe now because they know that okay all it takes is just for you to you know should I use the word casual them or or um convince them to be able to just do or to, to convince them by maybe giving them something and they'll be able to, you know, you get their votes. But when are we going to get that good governance? That's the question now, because we do not know. And with the way things are going, when it comes to this climate change, it's going to harm everybody. Nobody's excuse. You cannot say, oh, okay, well, I have a special place that climate change is not affecting it or it's not going to be affected by the climate crisis or something like that. So if you're going to talk about good governance, when are we going to wait for that? In my book, that's never going to happen because with the way politics and all that is going, it's never going to happen. There was something that the author mentioned and she said that, okay, we know that, you know, we as individuals, if we are focused on this whole, you know, ensuring that um, there is balance and ensuring that this doesn't harm people or ensure, reducing emission and all that, you know, being knowledgeable about the fact and actually acting on it. You know, we as individuals, in the little, little things we are doing, if you're an artist, if you're a singer, if you are a writer, whatever it is you're doing, you can be contributing 
from that as well. And maybe you can, if you want to enter into politics, you know, walk your way up. You may not be the president immediately and start doing something. No, you can start from maybe in whatever organization you find yourself in, maybe whatever community or whatever, um, um, you know, area you find yourself in, speak about this thing so that people will know and so that people will also act on it. It's better for you to speak to maybe a very like small, like a few number of people and you're sure that yes, they will act on it than a large amount of people that you just speak to and you just go and they just go back to doing the thing they were doing, the things they were doing before. So yes, um, I just wanted to like talk about the whole good governance thing. How long are we going to wait for it? I don't think it's something that is happening anytime soon. So yeah, so that's it. I also wanted to point out um, the fact that the author didn't own, she didn't just talk about the whole, you know, climate thing. That she also, just like what Comfort said, that is sipping into other things such as jobs and um, um, food insecurity and all that. And the author mentioned, you know, a lot of um, racial and gender inequality and all that. So the part that struck me, I think you mentioned this beginning of the session to maybe when she got a lot of backlash because of her race and her gender. You know, there was also the letter that she sent to then president-elect Joe Biden and people were attacking her as to what does she think she's doing or what's, you know, who does she think she is and all that. And there was another thing that struck out to me. She also complained about, she also not complained per se, but she experienced depression during this period. And, you know, she was also able to surround herself with people that, you know, were able to encourage her and she mentioned that so many activists too, they also go through this path. And because of that, she wasn't, she didn't stop where she was. She kept going, she continued. And she, the part about the gender issue, when she got cropped out of the picture, and most people are talking about the fact that, oh, climate change is for just white people. And she said something that she didn't just feel like she was cropped out, that a whole continent was cropped out of the whole picture. And it feels as if Africa is not involved in, you know, ensuring that there is, you know, reduction of, you know, since Africa is the one that's always, that is, we are the losing end, emphasis that way. And she mentioned, so she mentioned a lot of that. So that was just what I wanted to point out that it wasn't just, um, just about climate flood or, you know, deforestation and all that. She also mentioned things about, you know, racism. And I think it, you can also connect the fact that the global north sends used what should people talk about train clothes and all that to the south so seeing us as like a dumping ground i think it also you can also connect the whole point of race in that aspect as well so i just wanted to just point out that point that out so yeah so if you guys have any other thing to say yeah, she has some call to actions of things that you can do as well to be involved. You know, she mentioned find your passion and love, like Timmy said. Um, use that to, you know, to bring awareness if you want to bring awareness in 
about climate change, educate yourself on it, find your people because there could be burnouts and like Timisa depression or different things that could happen if you're involved in it. Uh, share and connect with people, speak out, listen to other people, hear what they have to say both ways. People should hear what Africa has to say so that all of us can provide uh, solutions as well. And we also could hear what they have to say because the solutions could be useful to us as well. Um, be creative, take care of yourself, be the change you want to see in the world, do your own part in little things that you could do. Uh, she, I know she mentioned reduction in eating meat and um, she also mentioned um, girl empowerment because she also pointed that out as well since um, Africa and some other places in the world there's the issue of child marriage she also gave examples of people that yes. she knew who I think younger than her already had like three kids and I think about now she should be about 24 so I don't know Mm-hmm. So and for yes and that's one thing that the family friend is regretting you know so she connected it so much to so many things the fact that because of climate change there's flood in certain areas or drought in certain areas and these farmers or people who stay in these areas cannot farm properly because, you know, certain crops, you don't need too much water or too little water or some that maybe you don't need, um, you need too little water. That area has a lot of rain. So it all boils down to climate change, basically. And she connected it to the fact that because of this, most families can eat, they can make money. And before you know it, they send off their child to get married to whomever and use that money and it's not like that money isn't going to finish at the end of the day but then again that child's dream is gone to is gone down the drain and so she's she she was just mentioning you know that also like climate change has also contributed to that so empowering girls and ensuring that they know exactly what it is that is happening another example she mentioned was about girls that are maids in houses in the cities and how the only thing on their mind is to ensure that they make enough money maybe for their parents back in the village or you know um ensure that they have food on the table because i think she mentioned that she probably you know girls like that will see her on the road campaigning and i mean striking and they'll probably be wondering who she is that why is she here that's you know while the girl has her own issues and her own issues basically is to make money you know get something together probably get married one day and just becoming you know not be not contribute as she should as a female in the society so she mentioned so many things which which really you know opened my mind as you know, I didn't see because I was expecting the book to just be all about okay, climate change, how to reduce it, you know, how to uh, you know reduce greenhouse gas emission and all that, and you know, having linked it to just normal everyday things we see that we talk about that we know about, you know, gender-based violence, 
because of this, women would not be able to, you know, because they are always taking care of kids. She just linked it so well. Okay, so if you have a, a, a girl gets married early, she's always taking care of kids, always going to farm to ensure that this and this is done. You know, she's always preoccupied and not spending time with the husband. Before you know it, the husband feels less loved and beats her or causes violence and all that. In summary, she was just trying to tell say that women are the most victimized when it comes to things like this. So if you're going to be touching about, talk, talking about any other thing aside climate change there's always the victimization of women so yes that's there's a lot but i feel like it's not something that we can cover in so such you know short amount of time so at best we can summarize it as we can so do you guys have any other things to say you have a list, so you're looking at it. So what does the list say? I had not finished what I was saying earlier, but it's okay. Oh, oh, I didn't know you were saying something earlier. Okay, you can continue. No, I'll just branch on to uh she mentioned stuff about Lake Chad and how it had shrunk. And I looked into that and it has shrunk 90% since 1960. And so maybe do you know that you're doing us a disservice by not saying what you want to say? How I'll do you know we're not going to that. learn from what you want to say? I'll finish it later. Have you considered that you are going to be providing us with new information? You're going to be enlightening us. How can I'm you just say and I want to say something, but I'm not going to say it anymore? What's me no, of that? I'm very it. upset. I am upset. <laughs> yeah, that's serious. Say it now. Say it now. No, 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 say Lake Chad. So, um, Lake Chad shrunk 90% since 1960. And due to climate change and increase in population and everything, those people in those areas, like even the UN is like, they have to help them because they are really living in bad conditions. And it's because of that, that the Boko Haram people, not really Boko Haram, but like all these people that have come to raise insurgency, could easily hire these people and pay them and get them because they have like they're living in really terrible conditions that will now increase the amount of um, Boko Haram and all these people that are involved to you know with the cheaper girls and different things causing havoc and everything and it's just crazy because it was like one of their main source of incomes, you know, their farms are down and everything. And I was just reading about it and I'm like, I don't even know how I didn't even know about this. And even there's a Nigerian climate change activist, I didn't care. I think her name was... Adelson. Yeah, it was her, her handle was... Um, I actually looked her up on Instagram. An eco-feminist or something like that. Mm. I've never heard of her. And it's just amazing what she has been doing, so... Yeah, that's what I was cool. So yeah, I was on number nine, listing the stuff she said, think globally and intersectionally. Um that we should like when things are involved internationally, people care more. So you have to not just work by yourself, but like involve other people and you know get to know their thoughts and everything, and then believe that this is really happening because it really is happening, and believe in yourself as well. And the final line is really nice. It's like we have to save the world, we have to change it, and ourselves is not too late. So it was really nice. And then she also mentioned some quotes that they have from their 
their uh, strikes and signs. And I thought it was interesting. If you don't act like adults, we will. Um, are you fucking kidding me? I don't know. Be a part of the solution, not part of the pollution. Um, yeah. Life is plastic. Life in plastic is not fantastic. Anyway, there was one that she kept repeating that I liked, actually. Stop destroying our planet. Our planet. I think it was that one. I don't think it's that one. Okay. The one I liked was thank you for global warming. Yes, that is the one. Because I was like, what is the one I'm thinking about? They kept repeating like that one. Like the sarcasm. So I was like, which one they like? Uh-huh. That was very sarcastic and fun so yeah it was really, it's a really nice book really insightful i would advise anybody to read definitely to open your eyes to stuff you never thought about or learned about or heard about so or maybe stuff you knew but didn't have like a lot of details on so it's really really good i'm very happy that she wrote this book yeah and i'm not gonna lie her being you know, a black um, climate change activist, you know, out there voicing out all that she could, even after, you know, receiving backlash, you know, even experiencing discrimination, racism and all that, even within our own, within Africa, because I think there was a time that she wanted to um campaign i mean strike for the like chad stuff and she went to people from chad she wanted to actually help and they were all being haughty and all that but well regardless she still did what she wanted to you know she had so many obstacles and all that but she still you know went for what it is that she wanted which was a passion of ours so it was very quite it was quite admirable though from my own point of view and i also noticed that most of the people she spoke about were really really young and that's really really it was really really good to see because you know saying that because there was one she wrote that most people most i mean a lot of climate change activists can't even vote yet <laughs> so i was like you know, that's exactly what we need, you know, and it's, it was really, really beautiful to see, and I enjoyed the book a lot, I actually did, yeah, I finished the book, so <laughs> that was something, the future is, you know, is ours and theirs, it was yeah. something, you know, yeah, Africa is there, Africa can also come out to you know, talk, to speak, you know, and I pray that in future, moving forward from now, that even though we do come out to speak and there are people trying to, you know, die out our lights or star or shine, that would not, that we would not be intimidated by that because there are a lot of them out there. And also part of them is ourselves <laughs> because we feel like oh we should stay in our lane you know some people were literally black people were literally saying climate change is for white people and i'm like okay it's not just white people that are in this world you know mm-hmm. so yeah so 
just looking to the future and just hoping that whatever it is as Black people, both male and female, whatever it is that we're doing, we shouldn't let people try to dim our lights or, you know, cover us to the side. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay, I'll leave you guys these few words that we got from here. Elizabeth Watuti puts it like this. Never be afraid to use your voice or stand up for what is right, even if you're standing alone. Never give up, says Hilda Nakabuye, however bad the situation may look. As Greta Thunberg said, no one is too small to make a difference. Elizabeth said, no one should ever feel like their action or whatever they are doing, they are trying to do is too small. We can't hold our hands go down the drain. We have to step up and do whatever it takes to secure a livable world in a safe future for us all and the generations to come after us. Collectively, we are a force because when all those individual acts are brought together, it's a huge impact. And then she says, as young people, we are at the center of this problem because being the ones who have to live longer with the consequences, we cannot avoid seeing ourselves as the solution providers. We have the ideas, skills, the energy, and the time. So hopefully, uh, little acts will generate big returns. And by God's grace, those in power, by God's grace, will care about the people. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just, we just have to pray to God and do our parts in little ways that we can. I think that's all we can do. All right. That brings us to the end of our session. Comfort, do you have anything to say? No, it was amazing. Yeah, thank God. So with that, Timmy, could you close us off? Thank you, Father in heaven, for your love. Thank you for your protection, for your guidance. We thank you for today's session. We thank you for the book that we read. We thank you for the knowledge that we gained whilst reading the book and the ones that we gained during the session. Father in heaven, help us, O oh Lord, in all that we do to be able to contribute right according to your will to this world in Jesus' name. Help us and guide us and see us through, O oh Lord. And help us to also be a blessing to people and walk through us in all that we do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Bye. Amen. Thank you. Bye. Feel free to send us DMs and comments about the books that you would like us to read and how you feel about the episode. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Check out our Instagram for book recommendations and for more information at Cots. C-A-U-G-H-T underscore red-handed, R-E-A-D-H-A-N-D-E-D. So at cut underscore red-handed.